cold opening today. There was an issue with the audio of the day of recording, so there will be a buzzing noise in the background throughout the episode. Just want to let you know that this is going to happen. Also, this is the last episode of the year, and next episode is going to be sometime in January. Now, onto the interview. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Naturally Curious. This is a show where I pick the brain of different cool people every episode. My name is Clayton Law, and my guest today is a fellow student of mine, Cara Fitz. How are you doing today, Cara? I'm doing good, thank you. Before the interview starts, I want to tell you why I want to do an episode with a student. So, in the business episode with Professor Ray Dart, we talked about university is the best time to take over your own life and be the captain of your own ship and steer it the way you want it to go rather than left it let it drift and i think that car is an example of the captain who steer her own ship so today we're going to talk about that and talk about how to survive undergraduate all right let's dive into the interview so in your first year, you received a Victor T. Ridley Memorial Prize. And according to the description, this is a prize awarded to leading undergrads, uh, leading undergraduate in their first year uh, mathematics. How were you a leading undergraduate? Okay, so yes, I did receive that award. Um, and basically the description that they told me was that I had the top marks in mathematics in first year. So it's awarded to the student with the highest average in the math classes in your first year of all of university. So I received an award there because of my average, I guess. <laughs> what was your average? Um, in first year, my average was 97%. <laughs> I, I, I wish I had that. My first semester in trend was just a total mess. It was just ugh, not good at all. So you started in 2016 too? Yeah, I started well? the same year you started. Yeah. Okay. Were you like that in high school? I did excel academically in high school. Yes. Although I will say that in high school, I didn't always think that I was excelling. Um, I thought that I was struggling a lot more than the people around me, but I was always, things always came fairly easily to me in high school. And university was the first time that I found something actually really challenging. Like right now in the classes that I'm in today, I'm not always able to get the answers for things. I'm not always able to understand things fully the first time through. Whereas in high school, I feel like that was really something that came naturally to me. So was it just math or was it for all subjects? I Back was in high, school. in high school, I was in math classes. Uh, I was also in biology, physics, chemistry, English. I did excel in English as well. Although if you ask anyone asks me today, that's probably what I would consider to be my weak weakness is that um, I don't do well in the languages. However, like I still always had in the 90s for um, English as well. Actually, in grade 12, I did receive the governor general's award for having the highest average in my graduating class as well so would it be correct to say that you are an overachiever almost yeah i guess the way i define myself and some of my friends say is i'm a perfectionist a lot of times so it really bothers me if i don't understand things fully or if i am not able to come to conclusions with questions um but also, I do always 
achieve, like try to be the best that I can be. I'm always trying to beat what I was doing yesterday and working as hard as I can to understand things the best as I can. Do you think calling you an overachiever is a, is, is a compliment or an insult, actually? Because I actually asked someone this question. I don't know, is that like a insult s- or a compliment? I see it both ways. Um, the fact that someone calls me an overachiever knows that, like, to me, that I recognize that they are able to see that I put in the extra work for things and I am working hard. On the other hand, sometimes I don't take it as a compliment just because a lot of people don't know what goes on behind the scenes with overworking all the time and so sometimes I just wish that I would be able to like get school off my mind for example like a lot of my friends go out and do a lot more social things and I'm not going to say I don't have a social life because I don't but I do put a lot of my energy into school so sometimes it's not a compliment but sometimes it is if that makes sense to you. Yes it does. Um, Correct me if I'm wrong but just the past summer, you were invited to uh, UBC to participate in some special top-notch summer school program? Uh, yes. I don't know how you know this, but um, I did go to the University of British Columbia this summer for a program called Diversity in Mathematics, and it was for females in undergrads all across Canada and in the Western United States. And the we had two weeks of summer school there. So we got to get taught two different courses. One of them I took was hyperbolic geometry. And then a second one was, um, shoot, what was it called? Oh, Feynman. Inter- uh, Feynman. Combinatorics and Feynman. Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even remember. The courses were so hard. I was, It was definitely really challenging, but... Uh, it was a lot of fun. That was my first time away from home, so that was really cool for me. So one of the things I, I wonder sometimes is that uh, growing up having any problem, I can always ask uh, a teacher the answer. Like, hey, I don't know this question, or I don't know how to uh, write an essay or whatever. Like something, any subject, I can always ask my teacher. Yeah. Uh, or I can <coughs> always look at the back of the book and find the answer key. But in universities, sometimes, especially when you're a uh, little bit higher up in uh, in the in years, yeah. sometimes you can you just you kind of like walk into an area where not a lot of people can help you. Yes. Do you find that sometimes, uh, or do you think about that actively, or do you th- uh, do you think that it can be scary sometimes? I definitely do find. It very scary. Um, I do have professors who, if I do have problems that they understand, they are very willing to help me. I do have a really good relationship with the professors at Trent University in the math department. Um, I would say that a lot of times this is something that really does bother me because, like I say, I'm someone who likes to figure out. If I can't even figure it out on myself by myself, I like to be able to see the final answer worked out and someone explain it to me. So when there's problems that sometimes people can't explain to me, what I find works best for me is I have a really intelligent group of friends, and a lot of times they are what gets me get me through like university. Um, so sometimes things I don't understand, my friends are able to pick up and are able to explain to me. And then through the process of them explaining things to me, they actually further like 
understand the concepts even more and then sometimes in areas I will understand things more than they will and it's kind of like a challenge that you have to go back and forth with each other until you actually say okay maybe I do understand what's going on now again correct me if I'm wrong you also went to Montreal this summer for some math conference thingy Yes, can I can I ask you how you know this? You know, you can uh, it's very easy to just type someone's name on Google and a list of results will come out. Okay. Um so I actually worked with uh f- two professors this summer. One was in the physics department, Aaron Slepkov, and another in the math department, Wesley Burr. So they were both my co-supervisors. Um and I was doing research based on like education-based research this summer. And one of the things my professor, Wesley Burr, has done in the past, and he decided to take me along with him this year, is there's the Canadian Statistic uh, Conference, the Society of Canadian Statistics Conference. And uh, that was held in Montreal this summer. So I did get to attend that along with a couple under another undergrad, um, Melissa Van Bussel, and two other graduate students of his. So all four of us and Wesley went to Montreal to go um, experience a conference. For me, it was the first time I'd been to a conference, so it was really exciting. I mean, I've never been to a conference. I'm just going to, I'm like, it it must be another, like, one of more, like, foreign situation for you because you walk in and all these people who are smarter than you way smarter than you sometimes and you just be listening things that sometimes you don't even understand what that was that mean so again how, how does that feel like um did you i mean like it just it's just hard to learn something when you don't know what's going on right so was it uh was it what happened in the conference yeah actually um i talked to this I talked about this to um, my professor because I, as soon as like the first day, I already was feeling very overwhelmed that anything I was listening to, I was like, I don't really understand what's going on. These people are so intelligent. I don't, I don't know what they're talking about. It's really confusing. But my prof actually said, and the way that he said this made sense to me as well. Um, people who spend time, like a lot of the people presenting were uh, graduate students, either in their master's or in their doctor's, or PhD, sorry, doctor, yeah. Um, And if you're in a PhD or even in your master's, you're spending many years researching and learning the backgrounds about the topic that you're really focused on. And a lot of times that topic is like not very general. It's something really, really specific. So if they are spending that much time and that much energy into understanding how to even begin to try and extend on it a little bit. Think about how long they spend putting in energy into that and trying to learn it by themselves. And then they give you a 15 minute presentation where they're trying to summarize their results that they've found, but they can't even give you that background really within that full 15 minutes there. So a lot of times these people don't actually know how to present their results because they're like it might be their first time presenting it even or they're just trying to get the results out but you're just seeing a whole bunch of like theorems or equations on the board and you're like I have no idea what this is relating to so it is very overwhelming but my prof said that the main experience for me to go to this conference was he didn't care if I learned anything from the material that I went through he wanted me to experience going to the conference and seeing what a degree in statistics could give me 
And also a huge thing for me is I got to meet a lot of people there. So it's making connections with people and getting yourself known in that kind of situation. Yeah, just last week, um, the episode with Rafe, he said that I think when Einstein received a Nobel Prize, some journalist asked him, can you explain your research in 25 words? Yes. And then he said, and then he said, if I can explain my research in 25 words, it's not worth a Nobel Prize. Yeah. So I, I, yeah, I understand. And yeah, I suppose it's more like a first experience networking, understanding the flow of how it works, but not necessarily understanding every part of what of a the people like the, what they're presenting yeah, yeah. What they're presenting. actually i will add one thing we did have a day where there was a class for each of us so we all get to go into a full day class and i did learn some material from that because i spent probably eight hours with the one professor who was explaining things so i did take a little bit away from that but yes the you're right the, i was looking for the word networking and uh that was what the main goal of going to that conference was to my knowledge you have a job last year when you were second year and you have a job this year in third year so what what did, what did you do uh, what are you doing this year okay um so i am an undergraduate teaching assistant in the first year linear algebra class for mathematics um this year and what i do is i have one office hour every week and then I also have I run a seminar Um, most of our seminars are just quizzes or tests so a lot of times I'm just proctoring but I get to move around the classroom and see um, the other like if people are struggling with things I can work on things with them individually and help them that way I'm also marking for the math department this year so it's my first year um, trying to continue to further my education outside of school like I'm trying to find a job related to what I want to do in the future how that happened how did you become a TA uh so I was actually talking to the math department about this in the summer because when I was working with my math professor Wesley Burr he was talking about how uh, he was probably going to have some opportunities come up for undergraduates this year the school year and Actually, um, most of the times it's graduate students that are running seminars, but this year, for some reason, we have a lot less graduate students in the math department. So um, they're in a program called AMOD, which is Applied Modeling, but this year, I guess there's less students. So I just sent an email because I have such a good relationship with my professors. I sent an email to John Talboom and asked him whether or not he would be willing to have me alongside with him this year as a teaching assistant. And he did say yes. So I, I, I lucked out in that situation, I guess. Okay, the next question is, is the question is short, but the answer is gonna be long so uh you can dissect the question where whatever the way you want okay how do you maintain an excellent grade in school while juggling all the uh, all of your other side hustles that is an excellent question i do spend a lot of time working at my academics so I do spend many hours of the day working on schoolwork um, I will say though like 
I do other things outside of school as well. For example, I do have my job and I have friends. A lot of times, though, um, with friends and things, we'll spend time hanging out together for a couple hours and then we actually will work on homework together too and I know that might sound lame to some people but I have so much fun because we have so many inner jokes with each other and then we can always stop homework whenever we want and just go do something else like we go out for walks all the time and actually I've been invited to like people's houses to play like games night I know some people don't find that stuff fun but that's just something that I really enjoy um I guess The biggest thing for me is, again, like I say, I do have a desire to have high grades, but that's not the main thing behind me. It's that I am always wanting to know more. I always want to know further answers and I want to be able to fully understand material the best that I can. And I guess the driving force behind that is when I'm older, I hope to be a math and physics teacher in high school and if I'm going to be presenting material to students, I want to make sure that I've gone above and beyond the material that they need to know so that I can prepare them to be better students in university further down in their life. Because I feel that I had a couple influential teachers who actually were able to answer questions. Like I was always one of those students that would ask the questions and my teachers would be like, you just need to wait till you get to university. Like you're going to figure that stuff out later. Don't worry about it. And I always be like, but why is this the case? Like whoever thought to think like to come up with a derivative. I was so confused when we first learned about derivatives. I was just asking like, why are we doing this? And what, like what, made someone first think of this so I would always ask those kind of questions and now actually being a TA it's kind of scary because I feel like I'm not able to answer some people's questions that they pose at me the best but I try to with the experience that I have Um, but yeah the driving force for me is that I want to be a good a good role model and I want to be able to teach people properly so that they are prepared for their undergraduate degree later so I just always try and do better than I get, did the last time, you know? Does that does that kind of make sense? Yeah, yeah, it does. Um, let's just take that question one step further. Okay. What other motivation other than passion, other than wanting to know more? This is sort of like an internal thing. It's not a, it's not a tangible thing. Okay. Do you have any tangible... I'm not saying you will. You need to have some tangible motivator, but do you have any tangible motivator for you to be better, get better, and whatever, you want to be a teacher? Is there any uh, tangible motivator behind that? I feel like I don't have an answer for that right away, no. The question is really just about is passion enough to push you keep going forward? I believe that it is, yes. I will also say, though, that I do get happy and I can feel inside. Like, when I do well, it makes me want to do better. So it's kind of almost, it's part of that perfectionism in me. Like, I always want to try and, like, make others proud of me. So I do feel that my profs, while some of them know that the grades I've gotten before, so they have high expectations of me, right? So I do find that that comes into play sometimes as well. Uh, I just want other people to see the potential that I have. 
you were uh, you did mention a bit about how uh, that you spent a lot of time studying. Yes. Just can you give me about like like a number about how much how many hours a week that you you spend on studying? Well, most of my classes start at eleven o'clock in the morning this year, and I will be honest this this semester I have not really been a morning person, so I would say my day starts around eleven o'clock. And I come home from classes and will be working on homework until probably nine o'clock most evenings. With that said, though, there's obviously like breaks for meals in there too obviously, as yeah. well. Um, if I had to guess, say probably about 50, 55. <laughs> <laughs> That's a lot of hours. Uh, yeah, uh, do you sleep? I do sleep. Do you like sleeping? I do like sleeping. Um, actually, though, a lot of the times I find that my mind can't shut off at nighttime, so I do have trouble getting to sleep sometimes. But I'm the type of person where in the morning I don't want to wake up because I love sleeping so much. So I do find that that's an important part of actually being able to, um, do well in school is you need to get some sleep um <laughs> there's a there's a podcast i listen to and one of the hosts described the way that the how he likes sleep is he doesn't like going to sleep but he doesn't like leaving the bed yes so i, I, I yeah. can relate to that a so, little bit yeah so once he fell asleep he doesn't want to leave the bed until he really would need to yeah but he doesn't want to fall asleep neither so can i ask you a question go on yeah um what has made you start wanting to do these podcasts? It's because I'm genuinely interested in many things. Not necessarily passionate, but interested. But I don't want to take a course in, uh, in history, but yet I'm interested in history. And reading history can be boring sometimes. But yes. listening to history is like listening to a story. Listening to physics is like listening to a story. Everything when it's listening, it's it just it just for me it feels like listening to a story. Okay. And it just like you know I can't read a book when I'm making dinner. I can't read a book when I'm doing dishes when I'm going to the gym. So listening can I can do two things at once if I if I'm like listening to a podcast. I feel like a lot of people are like me that are interested in many things but not passionate. So. This is for them as well, but it's really just an excuse for me to ask dumb questions to professors. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's really just an excuse for me to satisfy my own curiosity. Uh, do you find it intimidating asking the profs these questions? Nah, it like because I'm coming in from a when I ask them to be my guest, I don't go in thinking I'm a student. I'm going to ask you question as a student. I oh. come in like I'm a interviewer I'm a, yeah i'm an interviewer so i don't feel inferior okay i don't know i'm not saying like i usually feel inferior but i don't feel inferior in a position in this position where i'm talking to someone who is clearly many many times smarter than me i also come in from a perspective as an outsider like when i ask history question i ask it in a way where a normal person like a layman would have asked so one of the question i asked in the history uh episode was what is exactly the job of a historian which to a historian 
seems very intuit and intuit uh, intuitive yeah. because they don't think about it. They don't think twice about it. They j- historian is just historian to them. <laughs> it's like that. But for me, I don't know what a historian actually is. Do you just write history? Like, do you record history? What do you do? So this is th- these are some of the questions that I feel like the professor themselves will also enjoy a- answering because it's not as common. Because they talk to history student, and history student won't necessarily ask what is the role of a historian. <laughs> yeah, if yeah. you ask that, your prof might get a little bit upset at you if you're yeah, in like, a history major. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so yeah, this is why I wanted why, why I do this. Oh, cool. Uh, let's continue to uh, on my list. Okay. So you obviously know how to study. You <laughs> I mean, you have to know how to how to study properly, the 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 the, the proper way. Um, like, do you do you listen to music when you study? Actually, in first and second year, I didn't really listen to anything, um, the music because for me, uh, for I'm someone who has always tried listening really deeply to what the lyrics are saying. So I find if I'm listening to music that it can be challenging to focus on the task at hand sometimes. So um, I didn't always listen to music at the beginning, no. However, I will say that this year uh, I was actually finding my mind was filled with a lot of other distractions. So I did try listening to some music that just didn't have any lyrics in it. So that is what I've been doing this year. Sometimes if I'm doing something light, like reading something that isn't very heavy material i guess you would say like i will listen to music in the background yes so uh music with no lyrics so it's like classical and yeah uh i actually didn't know what to look up but a lot of it um my friends suggested different artists and so i just kind of typed the name they say i always i sometimes don't even remember like the the people's names that i'm typing in but i'll just find like a playlist on youtube or something mm-hmm. that someone recommends to me and i just put it on and it's in the background uh what, what kind of tool or technology do you use to uh, increase your productivity uh one thing that i just started using this year is i have an ipad pro So I've been finding uh, that this year I've been taking a lot of notes, like all my notes I will take using this, the iPad. Uh, I find that it's a lot easier to keep everything in one place. I'm also one of those people that goes through many, many, many packs of paper a year. So I find that turning to the technology for this way um, helps me not have to store as much. I'm also someone that doesn't like to let go of my lecture notes so I have my lecture notes from first year I have my lecture notes from second year I even have some notes from high school (laughs) and um, this way though with the iPad I can store everything digitally so that I don't have to tear up as or use as much space I guess I would say because it it gets a little clustered (laughs) so I suppose so I guess you don't uh you didn't digitalize all your other notes like that you used to copy do you digitalize no them? i did not i did not do that because i feel like that would take way too long maybe sometime in the summer if i had some time i could work on that um yeah but this year i'm using the ipad pro and i'm really loving it because i'm someone also who 
likes my notes to look a certain way and it's really easy to edit things that way you can also record different pieces too so if someone says something really important you can record it um yeah i just find that it makes my bag a lot lighter so it's helping my back in the end <laughs> it's also just helping me because i know where everything is and i can always go back to it and like look at things right off of my phone like the app goes to my phone too so i could look at my lecture notes right now as well if i wanted yeah and also using line paper can sometimes be frustrating because for me i don't know should i use two line or one line to write fractions yes and it's like two lines sometimes feel too much one line sometimes feel too little <laughs> and like writing uh writing the summation yes it's like do i use two line to use that or do i use one line it's like ah I do wish I have an iPad Pro. Uh, I would really recommend it if you... <laughs> if I have the... Money for it, <laughs> yes. That's the one thing. It's a good investment once you get it. What about uh, timetable, to-do list? Do you use... Uh, do you have digital timetable digital uh, to-do list? Or do you have a pen and paper to-do list? Um, my to-do list, I do write those on my iPad as well. So kind of pen and paper because I'm using the iPad pen mm -hmm. but um it, yeah it's just stored in as one of my notes usually what i do i also carry with me though an agenda so i like to have that old-fashioned i guess you would call it that way i find sometimes if i use stuff on the internet like if i try and use the calendars that are on like google calendar for example or something um sometimes i feel like i've typed something and then i forgot that I actually didn't type it. So I don't know. I just, I'm kind of weird that way. I like to have the old fashioned agenda with me as well. No, I don't think that's weird. I think, uh, I think a lot of people either don't have any timetable. Well, I mean, I don't know this. I'm not, uh, I'm not doing again. This is not stat can or whatever, but <laughs> like, I, f I feel like a lot of people either have, either don't have any timetable or to-do list or have a mixture of like digital and, uh, pen and paper yeah. to-do list. It's good to write things down in multiple locations. Sometimes it's just more clear this way because you can just take out a physical thing. Yeah. iPad is a physical thing, but sometimes it just doesn't quite do the job. Uh, do you get stressed often? Yes. Okay, right now, I'm not saying right at this moment, but currently in your uh, stress-o-meter, between 1 to 10, how stressed are you? Okay, so today, obviously, I'm not talking about today in general. I'm feeling good today. But um, because it's exam season soon coming up, I would probably... By the time by the time this episode comes out, it will be just before exam season. season yeah. yeah. So um, I'm kind of feeling like a level probably seven. We'd say 10 is really stressed and one is not stressed at all. Mm -hmm. Yeah, probably around a level seven. Not too bad, actually. Are, are you good with uh, dealing with stress? No, I am not the best with dealing with stress. No, um, I kind of let it eat at me a lot. I do have some friends that are really good for helping me um, cope with it that way. I find that's my best strategy for coping with stress is making sure that I have people around me who are going to support me. I also, this is a side note, but I have a little dog at home too. So I find that he just somehow always knows how to make me feel less stressed out. Like, even if I'm sitting there doing homework, like, he'll just come sit beside me, and I'm like, 
he knows that I'm feeling stressed and it's just nice to have him there to support me too I guess do you think you're more productive or work better if you're under stress or not under stress I don't know when was the last time you weren't under stress but uh I'm yeah. gonna say that I probably do work better under stress just because I also have that on top of I'm doing it out of passion on top of it I have that extra little pressure on me that I need to get things done and I need to get them done soon like in a close amount of time so I'd say that I probably work better under stress as well yeah do you study differently for exams compared to studying uh, not exam I don't really know just because my fields are in like math and physics and a lot of times for studying for that you need to actually go through practice problems and do problems it's not like something where you can just read a textbook and try and remember information so a lot of times what I will do one thing differently is I always try and go through my lecture notes at least once before I try and do any of the problems because I feel like some of the material we learned at the beginning of the year is not always going to be fresh in my memory, right? So I try and go through and, and really pick out, okay, what do I really think is going to be on the exam? What were the main components of this course? Like what are the main topics that I need to actually focus my practice problems on? Also too, obviously, sometimes there's going to be some things that you understand better than others. So I usually try and focus my efforts um, towards the material that I struggled with more. Coffee or tea? Coffee. Ooh, I thought you were a tea person for some reason. <laughs> I do drink tea too, but uh, I am a coffee lover. How do you like your coffee? I asked this same question to Stefan. Yes. I'm not going to tell you. Oh, oh, you did listen to it. Stefan's answer was going to be different than mine. So I am not a black coffee drinker. I drink coffee with two cream and one sugar. Uh, you said that you wanted to be a teacher. Yeah. Uh, do you use digital teacher like Khan Academy? Um, Actually, I do use those kind of websites sometimes. So in high school, I remember using Khan Academy all the time to uh, try and learn things. A lot of times now, if I don't understand things fully in class, I will try and search up videos on YouTube as well. I find sometimes I'm not the best self-learner. I experienced this this summer. I was trying to do a reading course, and I got through the course, but I felt that I didn't learn as much as if I had someone teaching me the concepts as well and going through examples on a board. So I find that actually hearing someone try to get the ideas across is a lot more helpful so yes i do use those resources uh you said that when you were uh when you used that in high school to learn stuff do you mean learn things far ahead or learn or uh learn about things that you don't know that are like um actually yeah so i'm not someone this is probably going to be surprising to you but i never was someone in high school to try and learn ahead of the class no so I would only use those resources to learn material that we were covering in the courses at the time just a just a personal experience when I was in high school I feel like class are either slowing me down or going too fast because in class that I'm not good at I feel like the pace is too fast yeah 
But in class that I'm good at, I feel like they're slowing me down. Do you have that feeling when you were in high school or now? Um. So a lot of times I do feel that some classes are going too fast. I can definitely relate to that one. So a lot of times I always feel behind in a class. On the other hand, I don't mind. Okay, it can be frustrating sometimes if we're going over material that I've learned before. But I will say that I'm different than some people in that I don't mind going over things that I've already learned again, per se, because uh, just with my background, I want to be able to teach it, right? So the more problems I go over, even though, like, for example, in linear algebra right now, like, even though I'm going over that material again, I I really enjoy it. And that's why I know that teaching is going to be something for me, because I'm not someone who gets frustrated from learning material over and over and over again if you don't mind can you tell can you tell us a little bit about what 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 do you do other than like what kind of hobby do you have okay um so I actually like to sew a lot um like sewing (laughs) quilts making bags that's one thing that I do on the side um Another thing that I haven't done, I didn't do this past summer, but um, I usually have been doing is playing soccer. I love to play soccer. So that was something else that I was always balancing with school as well. Um, This year I did take a side from it and I have been volunteering a lot more. Um, So I've been volunteering with kids in the schools. Surprising, right? Because I want to teach when I'm older. So I find that that makes me really happy even though I don't have to volunteer I just will go out and do it anyways sewing takes time yeah takes a long time yeah I don't I don't see how does that fit into your already busy time schedule so a lot of times when I'm sewing things it's because I'm doing it for someone else so I will set aside time on the weekend sometimes to like complete projects for example I just finished making a blanket for my mom for her birthday Um, I find that if it's for someone else like if I'm doing something for someone else then I can set aside time for that you can't be working away at school like for every single hour you have to find time to do other things too and that's actually something I'm still learning how to properly incorporate into my day I do spend way more time on school than I will tend to any other aspect of my life but I will say that I do have a bit of a balance and it's something that's a work in progress. Do you have anything you want to talk about? Um, One thing that I would just like to bring up since you're talking about um, balancing things with school life is um, the fact of mental health and that in university it's very important to make sure that you take care of yourself as well. So that's something that I had to learn in university is that you need to look after yourself in order to keep up with everything going around in your life. So that's something really that's close to my heart and that that's something I want to bring into the classroom with me. I hope that other students like recognize that school is not going to define them and there's other aspects of their life that they need to make sure that they look after themselves too. I suppose sewing is a good way to de-stress as well. Yes, for sure. It's uh, less cognitive intensive. Yeah, you're just making sure that you're keeping a straight line 
all the time <laughs> it can get tiring in the sense that you're looking your eyes might get tired but yeah you you take a, a break with your mind that way another thing that I do like to do I mentioned this earlier is that um I have I have a couple friends and even sometimes by myself I like going for long walks um, I find that going for walks helps to stop thinking about a problem for a little bit right this this, this might sound like a crazy man talking but walking is good for your soul I don't know if it doesn't make sense. It's good for your, it's recharging for your soul. Yes. Yeah. So yeah, that, that's how I feel about walking as well. Yeah. You were saying that you go to like the gym and stuff too. I feel like someone who does that, like that's a good use of getting rid of like negative energy. Yeah. I, there's another way for me to get rid of negative energy is that when I get frustrated with school, I would go on my, I would go on the piano and I would just not destroy the piano, but play faster and harder than how it's supposed to go that's because cool. that's like almost like uh almost like some people like boxing yeah letting those ne- negative energy out I, I, I do that as well it's just play as play a soft music really poorly inten- <laughs> intentionally you know? that's funny um how long have you been playing the piano for i played when i was since i was like six but uh but then i stopped playing for like a couple of years and i just started picking it up again last year Oh, cool. Uh, That's actually something I've never succeeded at. When I was little, my parents put me in guitar lessons because they wanted me to learn an instrument. They wanted me to learn how to play music. And (laughs) I took the same course twice (laughs) and still only know how to play Twinkle Twinkle Little Star on the guitar. So I am not a musically talented person, but uh, that's really cool that you have that. What what did you play (laughs) in school? Back in high school, you had to pick an instrument. I actually did not have to play in music class. I I chose art instead of music. So So that does it for this episode. Please share it to your friend if you enjoyed the show. And thank you once again, Kara, to be my guest today. Thank you for having me. And if you like or dislike this type of interview with a little bit more back and forth and uh, a little bit more chat uh, chattery, please let me know. You can send me an email on uh, uh, at to naturallycuriousfm at gmail.com and I swear I will make a Twitter soon. (laughs) And good luck in your exam to all the students. Until you finish sewing your first scarf, stay curious.